welcome to the Sensual Artistry Podcast, exploring erotic awakenings and liberated love. I'm your host, Luna Agnea, essential arts and intimacy facilitator, relationship coach, tantrika, and artist with a passion for the path of liberation through love. In this podcast, you will receive firsthand stories of sacred erotic awakenings, transformational experiences, and love that goes beyond limits. This podcast is here to inspire, educate, and awaken your own sensual artist, because when you liberate your eros, you liberate your life. All right, so I'm here with Victoria Redbard, who is the founder of the uh, Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself to the lovely audience? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so Victoria, I'm living in Australia right now. Uh, I opened the New Paradigm Intimacy School and the, created the self-pleasure modality back in uh, 2018, 2019. Um yeah, it's been a wild ride and I've kind of, yeah, met Luna years ago and then quite recently in Portugal we did a retreat together which was super beautiful mm. and uh, now back in Australia and just feeling this like next wave of, yeah, the sacred sexuality space and, and what's coming. So I'm excited to chat. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, it's it was really nice um, connecting with Victoria because we have yeah some um, yeah very similar passions and views around you know the sacred sexuality world and both of us are kind of running schools and teaching people that are then becoming um, facilitators and leaders and coaches in this field and yeah it was really nice getting to talk and uh, especially yeah with the kind of non-dual tantra. I don't know, awakening, liberation, um, passion, as well as both of us having yeah, some similar background, um, you know, working around sexuality. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you want to just um, start by sharing a little bit more about like how you got into this work or like what, you know, drives you towards wanting to run a school and be part of this movement? Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, my journey was much like everybody else's in this space from trauma <laughs> and mm-hmm. an abusive relationship and a really like shitty time of just feeling completely disconnected from my body and then leaving that relationship and then just kind of like having this feeling of like wanting to work in the sacred sexuality space when that when it, I didn't even know that there was a space, you know, like I didn't, I couldn't actually find it, you know, I was googling things and like looking at these different degrees and stuff but I was like this isn't it you know this like Mm. sexuality like health and gender and you know the politics of it was not what I was really seeking and then I feel like the process of kind of coming into my own body and discovering this kind of self-pleasure that I've been on a huge exploration of over the last few years really woke up something which I started to then have synchronicities of meeting people that were like-minded and that kind of introduced me to a bunch of, you know, more of the sort of the leaders of this space, um, which was a really exciting time of just feeling like, wow, these people were pioneering something like a couple of decades ago that we're now starting to see the the fruits of. And 
and they've paved the way for what you and I are, are now bringing into this world. So there's a, yeah, there was, that was kind of my, my pathway in. Um, yeah, beautiful. And yeah, so what, um, yeah, how did this work really help you and, you know, moving from trauma into, you know, now feeling, I'm assuming quite uh, liberated and free in your sexuality, knowing you and yeah. your posts and, and stuff like that. So what happened as you dove into this world and kind of got into sacred sexuality? Well, I think for me, it was a bit around like um, unraveling what sex even was, you know, like releasing a lot of the conditioning, the ideas, the beliefs, like the dogma of what sex was and really recognising um, like the expansiveness of like what sex can actually be when we're not living in that, you know. Actually, it's something like I think about if on my everyday. I'm like, oh, you know, I've been with my partner like a couple of years now. And there's still like this real like honeymoon feeling to our sexuality. I'm like, and I kind of like, oh yeah, like this is something that I didn't think was possible. Like from the way that sex is, you know, sold to us, I just didn't think there would be that possibility of feeling that, um, yeah, like that. It always feels really like fresh and like there's like a, there's something to to journey with inside of our sexuality. And I think it's because, you know, we're not seeking like these, realities of like polarity and trying to be the man and the woman or whatever we need to be to be a sexual being um and the exploration is more like um yeah what are the what are the threads of aliveness that are happening in sort of the shamanic sphere of our relationship right now and and exploring that and I mean that's just endless like you can go for forever on that on that juice <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I've loved seeing some of your posts recently. And uh, like when we were talking, it was even a similar time that I got with Tristan and you got with Mirror's Love, like during lockdown and stuff. And I see a lot of like similarities between um, the kind of journey you two are going on and uh, the journey that we're going on as well. And it's yeah, really cute seeing, and it does feel like there's a like greater shift as well, like more and more people I'm seeing that are in this space and, you know, teachers and coaches and stuff like, yeah, that there was this wave where people were, yeah, really into like the polarity. I mean, it's still very popular, but, you know, very focused on like, this is the divine feminine, this is the divine masculine. And, you know, people want like a man like this and they want a woman like this and, and stuff like that. And now I, I have been seeing more people stepping into this different, yeah, I guess a bit more like non-dual and a bit more about like coming into essence and this like curious, spontaneous aliveness rather than um, needing to, be a certain way or act a certain way and it seems like there that that is part of the evolution as well I would say that you know there's there was this kind of duality and now it's kind of merging into this non-duality like what are your thoughts on that yeah completely like I've been writing quite a lot about this recently I, I love that you brought this into the conversation because this is something I feel yeah I just feel really strongly about this right now and especially after experiencing Harish's work um there was the retreat that Luna and I did in Portugal which is um, the guy that wrote Tantra Illuminated, which is all about just like, you know, moving to that place of, of non-duality. What I, you know, kind of being at that retreat had me realise of how much space I feel like I'm in that when I'm with my sexuality. And mm. there was a, a recognising of just like, um, you know, even with Mira Seven and I, we've been exploring like the open relating field. And um, there's something that I'm particularly interested in with open relating 
which is not really dating other people. I'm not really um, so curious about like having multiple relationships or um, uh, exploring just like fantasies or anything like that. That's not really of interest to me. What was a few years ago, but not anymore. And Mm. now it feels like I don't really want to move from this like place of lust. I kind of really don't want Mm. my partner to move from a place of lust either. I mean, it's like it's kind of like it's a bit it feels like a bit of a growing pain sometimes like you kind of have to move through the lust to kind of get to what else is there but it started having a feel that there's like lust is sort of one layer of it and then underneath is like our um you know maybe lust is kind of like the fractured fractured parts of us like the wounds that are kind of seeking out um different experiences and then there may be like the desire is more like our personal pieces which is like you know, our, our need for support and our need for emotional connection and intimacy in those layers. And then I'm starting to feel like eros, which is the, the thing that I keep feeling is actually arising from that non-duality. It, it feels like mm-hmm. eros is the, like the life force. And that's what I'm curious of moving through community with and connecting with others and like just following those threads. And what I'm noticing in my own like love life, I suppose, is like, people that I have a connection with it feels more like eros is is perhaps the language or like Mm. another technology that we're using to communicate with one another rather than um yeah it being like I just want to play with this energy with you because then we can both experience pleasure and I, I think perhaps maybe you're experiencing this as well like when your relationship is bringing you so much satisfaction sexually mm. and emotionally and intimately it's the, the system stops seeking that out, out anywhere else and then it becomes like there's a like what does that technology want to do and that's you know we're actually going to be running a retreat here called um uh resting in emptiness and eros and just just mm-hmm. as an exploration to sort of see what kind of upwells from that place of deep meditation and how eros wants to move Mm, yeah so beautiful you're saying that because like over the weekend I was actually doing some reflection and this is exactly the kind of pieces coming up where um you know I'm also in a like more open phase in our relationship at the moment and there was like some deep no's kind of coming up and I'm like what is that no and what's the projection and what would I be afraid of if I'm exploring erotically with others and I was like oh I'm afraid of going into that hungry ghost um clinging like I I feel I've moved to a place of like such acceptance of what is and satisfaction and just like um deep connection with just like yeah what's here and now and like not needing to be all intense and extreme or dramatic or whatever and then I'm like oh like my fear around um playing with others and then obviously that then makes the fear of uh Tris playing with others you know that it might be the same as this like oh I don't want to go back into that like lusty grabby like there needs to always be more and more intense and more variety and more 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 um because I, I you know I'm really appreciating that space of just being really alive and yeah present with you know what's here and really just savoring every part of the moment and um yeah but then also confronting that and challenging that belief and being like okay like is that true that I can't um follow a eros charge and have connection with others without going into that and that I can have um you know this enoughness and this presence as well as 
the the exploration of something else and trusting myself to not go into that clingy, needy, um, hungry, ghosty kind of energy. Uh, so yes, <laughs> it was like, oh, interesting. Like, um, I think you can definitely have both, but like, it was interesting to see that there is this fear of kind of backtracking into that more lust-based energy when I've come to this different space with um, my eros. So I think that's just quite tricky, isn't it? Because it's almost like um, sometimes when eros is moving, it could look like lust from the outside. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just like <laughs> there's such a difference inside of well, in my personal, in my body, it feels different. And I even like what I'm tracking is like when Mirasav is moving from different places, it feels like the impacts of the connection he has with other people is different, mm. you know, you know, and and what and, creates and what more. Create- uh, ripples I suppose is what yeah. I'm sort of you know, witnessing at the moment and I, and I and again it's like you don't want to make anything right or wrong or like put a rule around it but there's definitely a desired I, I feel like there's like a little golden thread that we're all kind of pulling on um, or tugging on right now to say like what is that can we can we journey that and explore that even more yeah um, yeah so yeah both of us have you know this passion for like I know I guess yeah, seeing like where where this is moving and where where the the scene is moving, and you know, to to look at that, we also need to look at like what what's here now and what's the general like patterns and behaviors that are kind of going on in in the scene. So I know this is something we we chatted about, which I think people would find interesting. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, that there's like this move at the moment towards like a lot of trauma awareness and consent culture. And, you know, there's like massive benefits and positivities to that, but then also like shadows and repercussions to it. And then there's another push that's going a bit more like radical sovereignty and radical self-responsibility, which then is also having some shadows and stuff. So do you want to speak a little bit about, um, yeah, what you're witnessing there and what your thoughts are? Um, and when you talk about the radical response, uh, responsibility, is this in the, in workshop spaces? Yeah, I think, you know, retreats and workshops and some trainings that there's sort of the, the two different paths. I think that people are going the more like we need to be super safe. And then there's some people that are just like, safety is an illusion, doesn't exist. Let's all just do exactly <laughs> whatever we want, uh, you know, including like, teachers having sex with students and, you know, going a bit more like on the, the radical, um, free spirit, uh, side and, you know, then yeah, there's been call outs and harm and stuff coming from that side. And then there's also like problems with the other side. So. Mm. Yeah, completely. Um, I mean, my take on this, like I was actually chatting to somebody earlier cause somebody asked me about this. It was around, um, you know, the places that it come from, like, when I, it was probably similar for you, but when I was seeking out this work, I didn't find my teachers on social media. I didn't find them through um, advertisements or marketing. It was almost like what whatever I was awaking or stirring inside of my consciousness then became that kind of vibrational match, kind of like the vibe attracts your tribe kind of experience. Mm. And I feel like for, with those kind of awakenings or those when those threads are moving, there's a sense of um, being ready for whatever the initiation is that that person is then delivering. But mm-hmm. nowadays we're using a lot of different marketing skills and a lot of tools like social media or it's, if we go dating, like using things like Tinder, it's all very much like um, it's not 
it's just like it's like the universe is just random everything's random you know like wherever you end up it's just like you can accidentally end up in a you know in some ways you know you can believe that nothing's random or everything's random but like this my sense is is just like that there's more of the mainstream coming through this space which actually I do believe is really important that we actually really honor the people that are coming into this space because there is a sense of um safety that like a different sense of safety like my own personal journey was very um radical I suppose inside of that but I think because of the way that I was being pulled into it and what was awakening in me was actually perfect like from my experience was like I did my first sexuality training in Brazil and most people didn't speak English so I'm kind of working through these four layers of my trauma without people being able to speak the same language as me but that was actually perfect for my journey. And nowadays that would be completely not trauma-informed to be able to not discuss or work out with the mind what's what's just happened in the body, you know. But um, I think that that was exactly what I needed personally. But then I think that there's a difference between the kind of people that are becoming teachers in these spaces and then the kind of people that are trying to awaken a life force energy inside of themselves and that's just like a small part of their journey in this bigger Mm -hmm. scale of life you know so yeah there's there's two sides to it and I think it's really about how people are being pulled into the into the mix whether they um do it I don't know how I feel about people saying like this is full sovereignty you know you've kind of got to suck it up and leave it but Mm -hmm. I suppose it really depends on the kind of space they're creating and I think if people are up front of that like from the beginning um and people really actually understand what that means (laughs) Um, (laughs) then there's something there but I I guess on my own personal take on this is like I wouldn't hold a radical responsibility space without going through some initiation with people and actually that's kind of what I get excited about with my retreat that's coming because I've journeyed with most of the people that are going to be coming for perhaps a year or so so I already know where their parameters are as individuals and I think there's something beautiful about the initiation paths that start to open when you've journeyed with someone for a long period of time. Mm, yeah. And I think this, I think we even discussed this, but yeah, like in the the old days, like a lot of the kind of practices and things that now people can get on a retreat, even like with me, you know, someone coming to the essential arts retreat and some of the stuff that we're <laughs> doing there is, you know, stuff that in the old days you would have to, you know, be a disciple for a few years before you could learn a practice like that. And that, you know, there is a wisdom in you know, uh, there being this kind of gatekeeping and these levels and someone having to have a lot of foundations and, um, you know, have shown that they really have the right intentions of why they're coming to this space and that they, you know, have learned how to resource and hold themselves and drop into their center and regulate their nervous system and stuff before going into a space that is quite um, radical and doing some you know, intense processes, but then in this day and age where everyone's kind of like picking a little bit from different teachers and, you know, we have application forms and we say like, you know, what do you have trauma or mental illness? And people are like, no. And usually the people that are like, no, not at all. I'm totally fine. And then, you know, they're totally like so much trauma they're holding, but they don't even realize, like, I used to be like, I don't have any trauma. I'm, you know, I'm not one of these sensitive traumatized people. And then I like went into trauma healing. I was like, holy shit, I have so much trauma. 
Uh, so people like, you know, literally don't even know. So I think that's one of the kind of dangers, but then also with things speeding up and getting quite intense these days and the, the you know, looming threat of climate catastrophe and uh, this kind of need for people to wake up out of their bullshit and, um, you know, have access to this stuff and have it not like safeguarded and only the privileged few that find it and really commit can ever learn this stuff. Like, yeah, there's this, um, yeah, point that we're at where it's like, oh, we do need to kind of make sure people coming in this space are like able to hold themselves enough, but we don't want to, you know, stop people from getting stuff that will radically change their lives and people's lives around them. Like, especially when it comes to learning intimacy practices, it's not just the people in the retreat, but then everyone that they interact with from that point on in their life, all their future lovers and partners and children and stuff. So, um, yeah, I get in this like, oh, like I feel like people do need a bit more preparation sometimes, but then sometimes they really don't and they're totally ready and it is fine. So yeah, what what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, I mean that two thoughts were coming in as you're saying that. I was like, there's sort of this younger generation that I'm seeing that are just so much more available to this work. It's like the level of bullshit that they have to get through to even be in their life force is a lot less, is kind of what mm. I'm seeing. And the other thing that just came through as you were sharing was this like um uh you know, like you said, the walks of life that people are coming from and then the impacts of that, like I my school's had because it's online a lot we've had people coming from Iran from you know India from Pakistan and every time I'm like feels like a glitch in the matrix you know it's like where what is the ripple effect of that you know inside of that reality and it's been like really humbling for me to sit with like the conversations that that's actually like taken me to and you know we really unpacked a lot around privilege in the last um couple of rounds before this one and it was huge you know just really acknowledging like where people have come from and where they're stepping into and this is stuff that I just wasn't prepared for when I first launched the school you know it was like very Australian British mindset you know just like okay this is what people have been through and there is you know I actually was thinking about this the other day because I went to see that um good luck to you Leo Grand movie and it's about Mm. Um, an old lady that hires a sex worker and there was just this feeling that came through for me after seeing that was like wow like you know some stuff that we've been manifesting or like cooking up for like 10 years is now in the mainstream this is incredible and then like the next day turning the news on and seeing like this woman that's been you know um, brutally hurt like hurt and then died from um, by the morality police in Iran and it's just like the contrast of like the worlds that are starting to collide with this kind of, you know, and then the the backlash of all the women taking off the, their headscarves to to stand up for this. It's like, yeah, I mean, the ripple effects of what's going on in the world right now are just like blowing my mind. And I feel like it is all in this movement that we're we're holding point for, you know, it's just like it's mm. quite incredible. Yeah, like a lot of people, I think when they see 
the sacred sexuality world um, or, you know, the sex positive world in general, like, you know, can judge it just as being hedonism and just about pleasure. But, you know, so many of us, uh, especially, you know, once we get into this work, see that like there's so many deeper layers and that, yeah, it is connected to the women of Iran, like taking off their hijabs and, you know, trying to claim sovereignty and women uh, all over the world, like for abortion rights and, you know, really trying to change this culture around sexual violence and repression and, um, you know, a lot of the core wounds that then result in this stuff, because, yeah, I mean, someone that is embodied and feeling, you know, love in their heart and feeling connected to their sexuality and, you know, in reverence of other people, like, isn't going to be oppressing and controlling and taking people as slaves and, you know, repressing people's autonomy and stuff like that only can come from a place of intense trauma and disconnection from eros and from love and from life force. So, you know, that this is you know, work that can, you know, appear a bit ju juicy and fun and, uh, you know, like, oh yeah, that, that's, that'd be a fun thing to learn how to have a full body orgasm or something. But, you know, actually what comes up in this work and what we're doing with um, getting to the deeper layers is actually, you know, some of the core reasons why we have a lot of intense violence and issues around the world. And that's why, yeah, I wish um, it could be kind of honored and recognized more and that we weren't facing so much censorship and so many issues for those of us that work in this field, like trying to, to bring this out. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a matter of time, which I guess takes us to like, yeah, we're where we see the future of this and kind of, yeah, we're like where we are now and what we imagine coming. Cause I know, yeah, that you're passionate. Uh, you got into kind of the NFT, uh, VR, like future technologies and how that could influence, you know, the sacred sexuality space and, um, the consciousness revolution stuff. Do you want to speak a little bit more about that and what you see as the future? Yeah. Um, I mean, well, there's so many layers of what you're talking about with the VR, which is really around sensory. And I feel like the biggest piece in what we're wanting to bring through is like feeling things through the body, you know, mm -hmm. like how much we take the cognition away and trust the instinct of the body, which is like going to be more possible when we're moving through the online space through the body. So, I mean, that's mm -hmm. one layer of what I'm personally more interested about with um, the uh, sort of the web three space is around like the decentralization of ideas and the you know like I just got I was just thinking about it when you were just sharing about you and and Tristan sort of your the technology of the relationship that you guys are playing with there's something really exciting for me about like the fact that we don't chat we don't chat about relationships <laughs> it would be nice if we did I'm sure but we don't have that opportunity so much being on different sides of the world and we're both tapping into the same technology and we're tapping into these ideas and these feelings and this 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 these threads that are kind of opening on the planet right now and what happens when like we're not thinking like that we need to um get the IP of these ideas and these technologies, you know, mm. what happens when we let go of that kind of way of thinking of trademarking our ideas or, you know, like letting go of that and starting to see what happens. And what if the ways that we could, um, you know, track these threads of that are opening on the planet could actually become um, decentralized. 
So it's like we were able to tap into the same information together and expand on that information. And that's really what I'm seeing with these decentralized autonomous organizations that are bringing us is the possibility to do that. And I've already started to experience it with, um, with the new paradigm intimacy because when um, that started to come through, um, there was like this, there were lots of moments for me where I was like, oh, this is my idea and this is my creation. And then actually having to recognize that um, it really wasn't that. And it wasn't one of those ideas that I needed to hold on to or um, keep a certain way. And the more I sort of let the community in to um, journey with this modality, the more I started to feel the truth of the modality coming alive. And it was, and that for me was one of my first experiences of like, oh, this is a decentralized idea now. This is a, this is like the people's modality rather than it being my modality. And that's when I started to feel like the importance of like, you know, when I created the modality, I was in a very radical state of mind and I was in a sort of, uh, you know, I was, I was tapping into things that the world probably wasn't so ready for or at least the trauma-informed world wasn't ready for. <laughs> and, and it was once I actually brought that to the people and listened to them and started to play with the technology and see it actually form into a way that it was really able to be trauma-informed and brought to so many more people, it, it's, it's actually touched my heart in a way that I wouldn't have expected it to. And it's and um, the idea has kind of taken on a life of itself and even the school seems to have taken on a life of itself. And... And now we have like four different facilitators holding the um, the course. And I was just explaining to somebody like from a business mind idea, it doesn't really make sense for me to pay three different facilitators plus myself. You know, I could run it on my own or I could just pay one other facilitator to do it with me. But the energy of like the, the life force of the modality is actually requiring more people to actually sit around it and listen to it so that it can become what it needs to become. And I just feel like I'm just humbled by that experience right now. And, um, and the power of what happens when I let go and let, and let the decentralization kind of work it out for itself. Yeah. I really love what you're saying there. It's been something, yeah. Also bubbling up. I kind of like have a post in the drafts. It's not complete kind of around this like trying to trademark and own like healing and you know that this is what happens when spirituality and healing meets capitalism and this idea of like ownership and like this is mine and you know what is mine and what what is it to yeah like that we're all constantly either borrowing ideas and inspiration from each other or that is coming from the collective creative consciousness and that some of us just happen to be uh you know have the radio antennas to like pick up on certain ideas and frequencies that are already around and I really love when I heard this concept like as someone that you know I was a fashion designer and a graphic designer and a performer so I've always had these issues of like oh someone's copying me and that was my idea and I did this show and now someone's ripping off my show and you know I did this design and now someone's stolen the design and they're selling it and you know I've like constantly been battling with this like oh that's my creative idea and now like someone's taken that from me and I'm losing and it's this like scarcity mentality and stuff and then seeing that as well now in the facilitation space I'm like oh this is my idea and I ran my events like this and now other people are are doing that and, and noticing the way that like, yeah, I want to kind of grasp and control and, you know, well, previously I wanted to grasp and control. And then, uh, this, this kind of letting go and tuning into like, what's actually important 
here? Is it about me? No, it's not. It's about like the awakening and the liberation of, of people on this planet. And if someone gets inspired by my idea, or maybe they didn't even hear it from me and it just looks like they've copied my idea and they actually got that idea somewhere else. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's about impacting people and I can't do it all myself. And actually, if I try to be the only one offering this uh, experience, then I'm only going to be able to help like a tiny fraction of people. While like if multiple people all around the world are then able to offer this thing, then we can, you know, have many more people impacted by it. So, um, yeah, and it's been interesting just seeing like, you know, other people like really getting into this trademarking and tearing other people down if they're borrowing an idea or something like that. And um, the need for this kind of yeah, decentralization and this letting go and being like, okay, what's well, really important here? Like it's people becoming free from their trauma and living better. And, you know, if, if my ideas go out in the world and someone else, uh, you know, plucks them and, and offers it and it helps people, then like, can I celebrate that rather than feeling like I'm losing something or that it's like taking from me and coming from a more like abundance mindset. But I think it's hard for people when they're struggling under capitalism and they're broke and they're, um, you know, not getting enough people to their workshops and they're like, oh, but how will I feed my face? <laughs> and, uh, you know, from that space, it's, it's really hard while like when you're actually in abundance and you're like, oh, I have more than enough money and people are coming to my events anyway then it's a lot easier to surrender that so um also yeah feeling this like that the privilege that also comes with being able to surrender a bit more into that like knowing that um you know i'll be fine <laughs> so i'm okay with people you know using my stuff uh to a degree but you know the other people are really struggling and then that's the bigger systematic issue mm. Sure. I've thought a lot about that as well on the level of like um, personal brand, you know, like with the Web3 um, concept, it's very much like you're not the face of things so much. And the thing that I'm curious to see is that, you know, there's a lot of anonymous inside of the NFT space, inside of the, um, you know, the sort of crypto punk kind of ideas. There's like it's like putting up a picture in front of you so that you're not the, no longer the face, which is super interesting. I'm curious to see where that starts to unravel in as we come into the future because, I mean, you and I just travelled all the way to Portugal to sit with a teacher because he's a certain transmission. And actually, um, like, you know, full transparency, I wasn't even sure I really liked this particular teacher before I went there, but I knew he held the transmission of what I wanted to connect to, you know, and um, so not a a personality game actually there's actually just like certain things that come alive when you sit in the transmission of certain people and so mm. yeah I mean I'm very curious to see how that that all unfolds and I'm personally not a fan of the personal brand um mm. concept I feel like it's been a very painful journey for me to have to be personal brand sometimes <laughs> and um yeah, and also there is something that I know, like you said about that whole people being broke or not having the kind of the transmission inside of them versus somebody who does and what can unfold when you sit with somebody that does have the transmission inside of them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm not sure where that's going to yeah. go. I'm curious to see 
have any, any thoughts about it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it's interesting. I was, um, a friend was showing me a VR thing the other day and we were talking about like, you know, transformational spaces and the future technologies and stuff and how like at the moment, you know, we have Zoom and this was really great during the pandemic that we could still connect and people started exploring a bit more the potential of like doing healing transformational work through the computer and when you're by yourself somewhere else in the world and how we can kind of, yeah, get access to teachers without having a flag all the way to Portugal and uh, sit with them. And, you know, it's definitely not the same. Like, um, I, yeah, I was saying at, at Portugal, like it, it felt so different receiving mantra blessings and um, receiving a lineage transmission compared to when I'd been doing it with the online retreats. And, you know, it, it was totally different. And I had like much more profound experience being in person and in the room with, you know, not just the teacher, but other people that were all like on that mission compared to like sitting alone in the cold at my house by myself. Um but how like, you know, in VR spaces, then you can actually kind of feel more like you're sitting in a circle around people and that that could like create a little bit more of the the experience where you're actually, you know, not just like staring at a Zoom picture, but you actually get to feel a little bit more like immersed in a space and have a bit of a deeper experience. So I'm, I'm curious, like how that's going to unfold in the coming years and how uh, kind of yeah, being able to connect with people around the world quite easily and create an environment that feels really magical and mystical. And, you know, you're sitting there, I don't know, in a fairy forest doing a sex magic practice with, you know, having a little um, circle of people and, you know, it could be quite interesting and cute. Uh, but yeah, there's something also different to actually really being there in person and creating community that's not just based on like the moments that we're in class together, but about supporting each other and co-regulating each other and um, really being in the the human vibe of um, connection with others. And that's something that, you know, a lot of us get from retreats and workshops is this like in-person, very real, tangible community, plus like obviously intimacy, sensual connection uh can't be done online like you can't be giving someone a <laughs> sensory massage experience uh through technology yet maybe in the future <laughs> um yeah so i think there's always going to be a space for like the live in-person experience because you know that's so necessary and can't be replaced by technology but i think there is potential for yeah being able to have people have access to the stuff who usually wouldn't be able to, you know, afford a plane ticket to travel across the world and come to one of our bougie luxury retreat <laughs> experiences uh, that they can get like a taste of it at least. Absolutely. Yeah. So you got a retreat coming up. You got some things brewing. Could you want to speak a little bit to that? Yeah, sure. So um, the school, I basically like what I've what I'm bringing forward in my retreat is going to be beginning of March is stuff that I wanted to launch back in 2018 when I launched the school <laughs> which the world which I I remember I had a call with them with somebody who was more of an elder in the space who also had a modality and they were just like yeah you'll get arrested if you do if you try to bring this to people this soon <laughs> so now it's like this place of like okay finally like I've got enough people that are around me that kind of 
can feel these threads. And I feel like actually the world has opened up in a completely different way since compared to when I first started. It feels like there's something that's actually ready to come forward now. And it is that exploration, just like, um, you know, the the Jakini, the, the sexual healer, like what does that actually mean and how to hold the integrity of that and, and in a really solid way. Like that's something that I've been very passionate about is like the integrity of this work um, and how to hold it, not in the side of like becoming part of a rule that's in community, but actually inside of yourself and finding the way to question bridge the communication of your integrity with whoever you are journeying with. Um, And I feel like that's actually like if we cut back all of the crap of like what we need to do outside and externally to put the right labels on everything, if the integrity and the presence inside of us is really solid, yeah, Mm -hmm. like everything else is going to fall into place. Um, So that's kind of what I'm hoping is going to come together in this retreat. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it just feels like it is for the people that are, you know, following those threads. And I'm tracking what's going on in the, in the collective consciousness that are able to bring this through. So, yeah, mm. I'm excited to be in a room with those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds amazing. Um, yeah, there's, there's something really powerful about like bringing together people that share these kind of values and um, ideas. And yeah, because that's also the thing like, uh, you know, integrity and, and values can mean different things to different people. So, you know, one of the things I've loved about putting out the facilitated training is the kind of people that are drawn that are really like um, resonating with the values and with like my personal perception of what doing this work with integrity <laughs> is and looks like, which is different to everyone. And, you know, everyone has their different perspective, but yeah, when we come together with a bunch of people that are like, yeah, like this is like, these are the values that really align to me. This is what I stand for. This is what I want to create in the world. And like, wow, some real potent magic can happen. And it's really that soul tribe uh, feeling that you can get in these spaces. So it sounds like, Nice experience you got brewing there. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so just to finish up, like, uh, what do you, what do you want to see as the future of, you know, this this movement? Like, what what are you personally aspiring to, or, or hoping that you know what we can all be creating here, or doing here? Oh, that's a really good question. Hmm. Uh, yeah there is like I would like to see that um it's almost like I kind of just see like everybody finding their place you know I think Mm -hmm. there is a sense of just like um how much you know what is happening right now is going to impact and have a ripple effect so I you know I just spoke to somebody this morning that's doing a sexology degree in Australia and they and all the universities are even blown away by how many more people are interested in that subject so for me, there is just like this sense of just like uh, an acceptance actually across the board and like places for each of these things to happen, like the transformational space be really clear, the sexology space be really clear, and the integrity and the sort of understanding of what each of these places these spaces can create is really clear so that people can move through those places. Like you just said about the rites of passage and the initiation, it feels like actually there could be something really beautiful if people really knew where they belonged. Mm. Yeah. I think that's sort of my my hope is that there becomes more uh yeah, understanding of of those places. I don't think it's mm. so much about regulating everything, 
but just being really yeah. clear about what is regulated and what is not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that's, yeah, I love, yeah, seeing more variety and what we're hoping to create with the Central Arts School is like, yeah, like this is this p- particular flavor and it's not saying that, you know, the other schools that do it differently are like wrong or bad, but it's like certain people, that's what they're resonating with. And then like, you know, for me, I found like, oh, there was like a whole, uh, you know, for more like kind of queer, you know, open fluid type beings that want sacred sexuality, but not intensely like too far on the woo woo, but you know, somewhere in between. So it's like, cool. Like going to put that little, <laughs> flag up and be like if you're looking for this it's over here and then it's like yeah and if you want like just the sexological bodywork sexology really like scientific clear then it's like cool you got that bubble and if you want the like super esoteric super mystery school thing then you got that bubble and yeah then people can really be like okay like this is this is what I need and then I can easily find it and it's really clear and easy uh, to to differentiate and that there's not just like one thing on offer and you're like oh I don't really vibe with that so yeah it sounds lovely <laughs> yeah amazing <laughs> cool well lovely to chat with you and yeah I'll put some links and things below as usual for people that want to connect with you and yeah hopefully hear more for you, from you in the future <laughs> Likewise, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it inspiring. You can connect with me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and through my website, sensualartistry.com and sensualarts.school, where you can get some freebies and sign up to my mailing list to stay in touch. Hope to see you again soon.